welcome to Let's Talk Ted Lasso. I'm Marsha. And I'm Solve. We're so happy you're here. So Marsha, in the spirit of check-in, what are you loving this week? I am loving that the semester is almost over. <laughs> Listeners, mm. you guys might know we work at the university. I love my students. I like love much of the work I do at the university, but goddamn, I'm so happy for the end of the semester. <laughs> Yes, yes, yes. I feel you. I feel you. What are you like? Is there something that's like that you have on the other side of the semester that is feeling exciting? Or is it, is there something? Yeah, maybe that's what I want to ask. I mean, mostly I'm just excited to not have to go to work every day. Yeah, I mean, not that I I get to work from home quite a bit. I'm very fortunate. Our jobs have a level of flexibility that are lovely. Again, this is not a diss on the job, but you know, I think like everyone understands what it feels like. If you remember when it was the end of the school year, that's how your teachers, professors, etc. feel as well. We're also ready. So I'm ready to have uh, time, like space, both in my like literal time, but also in my brain to not having to be thinking about like, okay, what are we doing next time in class? And, oh, I need to email that student because I haven't seen them in a couple of weeks and I hope everything's okay. And, you know, all of those things that we do and we hold. So not holding those for a while. I also have some travel coming up this summer that I am looking forward to. So yeah. What are you, what are you loving? Well, I, I mean, definitely agree with you about the end of the semester. And this is a summer where a lot of times in the summertime, I also teach summer classes. And so it it doesn't feel quite the same, but this summer is a summer where I'm not teaching summer classes. So are you teaching summer classes? I am. Okay. Oh, <laughs> we I have a little have, break. <laughs> yeah, I will have some break, but I, yeah, I actually am working quite a bit this summer, but I have, I have a, about a month off. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Oh, good. You have a month. Okay. That's great. Yeah. I'm, I'm taking a total break from teaching this summer, which is not something I do often. Um, so I am really just like similarly feeling excited about that, but I will say in like other things that I'm loving, I'm curious if you've watched the new show, well, actually it's not new, but newish show, the power. I watched, I think half of the first episode and it, I stopped it just because like I had to go do something else. But I, I what I know is that Toheeb Jamo, I think that's how you uh-huh. say his name, the guy who plays yeah. Sam in Ted Lasso is in it, which is the whole reason I started it. Same, same, same. Um, yeah, I mean, I just like, as you've said, like, would love to see him in a rom-com, would love to see him in anything. And he, I, I had seen that he was in it. And last week, I decided to try watching it. And I think it's currently coming out kind of like how Ted Lasso is. So they think there's still like three episodes that are coming out there each week. Um, but it's really like, I mean, the, the show is, I would describe it as like feminist sci-fi, like it's thriller. It's like really appealing to the part of me that likes fantasy. It's really appealing to the feminist part of me. It's like really appealing to me. The part that likes Tohib Jamo, like it's like really like meeting a lot of uh, things that I quite enjoy. Although it is a little scary at times, I suppose. Like I don't always like the violence in it, but um, yeah, I feel like it's a, I feel like our audience, most of our audience would also probably, it's like an adjacent sort of um yeah, it's it's great. I would definitely recommend watching more of it if you feel so inspired. 
Okay. I maybe during my lovely time off this summer, it will be one of the things that I catch up on. Yeah. I mean, the basic premise of it is that, and I don't, this isn't really a spoiler because it happens in like the first episode is that women and girls start developing electricity in their fingertips Mm -hmm. and in their bodies. And it creates this power um, that is then being dealt with in society. And that's like what people are exploring together and in, in, in society, not always exploring together. There's a lot of problematic things about it. It sort of like kind of reminds me of Handmaid's Tale in some way. I think the feminist side of it, mm-hmm. um, and like, but in Handmaid's Tale, like women have had power taken away. And in this case, it's like women and girls have this new power and it's like looking at how globally society reacts to it. It's super fascinating. Okay. Yeah, I knew I like I had the I got the general premise from the part that I saw. Um, I thought for some reason I thought it was just teenage girls that were getting the power. But to begin with, it is okay. I don't feel like that's a spoiler because yeah. yeah, to begin with, yes, that's how it starts to develop. Yeah, and then it's okay. just like kind of a gendered exploration, and there's a lot of really interesting themes explored. So okay, I would I, say I'm loving it. All right, good wreck. Well, let's get into the other thing that we're loving, Ted Lasso. Yeah. All right, Ted Lasso, season three, episode seven. This episode is called The Strings That Bind Us, which I did not realize the title of this episode until I was going to write this outline. Uh, And it made me giggle, given all of the use of strings in this episode. Yeah. Uh, All right. So a quick recap of the episode. The team is introduced to total football and struggle to make the necessary changes. It takes insight from the prince prick of all pricks and also the only person who's run the system before, Jamie, to help the team understand how to correctly run total football. If Trent Krim thinks it's going to work, then we're feeling pretty good. Off the pitch, Sam is engaged in activism that has far more consequences than his previous experience. Keely and Jack are going strong, but is Jack coming on too strong? And finally, Nate musters up the confidence to ask Jade out without the mirror spit. Which I just, I know this is jumping so far ahead, but I am just so happy that Nate is done with the mirror spit. It, like, I cheered. Me too. (laughs) It, like, I didn't realize how upset, I mean, I knew I found that upsetting, but I didn't realize how upsetting until I got to see him not do it. I was like, oh my God, I immediately like you a thousand percent more, Nate. (laughs) I know. I was watching it the first time, you know, I think because we're watching them like the week that they happen. It's like I watch them once just for fun. Mm -hmm. And then I watch them a second time to like analyze. And the first time I was watching it with one of my friends who was staying at my house. And when we got to that part, I was like, oh, my gosh, he didn't spit. And I was like, "Okay, she's not really not as excited about that as I am. I'm really grateful that he didn't spit. Yeah. Good job, Nate. Uh, When it comes to themes for this episode, uh, I personally was quite excited because the thing that rose to the top is that more than one thing can be true, which is one of my favorite sayings. I felt very seen by the show as I was watching it. 
So more than one thing could be true at a time. And we kind of see this played out in a few people's stories. Um, and we'll go uh, character by character and kind of talk about what we're noticing in terms of, um, you know, their evolution and their communication techniques there. Utilizing. Yeah. yeah. And I just want to say that everybody needs like a friend like Marsha who reminds you because I really have appreciated over the years of our friendship, your reminder. I mean, now it just feels like something I see as well quite easily, but I know that that was something that you have really helped me notice over the years that more than one thing can be true. And it, it comes to mind so often. So mm -hmm. thank you for that. And if anyone else needs that reminder today, like, let's just, we're going to look at characters, but also mm -hmm. in your life more than one thing can be true. And that advice feels just, I mean, I know, I know we're looking at it as a phenomenon within the show, but also I would say as advice or a saying or something you can remind yourself of when you're like, but I did, but this and this, and they yeah. feel contradictory um, is such a good reminder that they're not always contradictory or maybe they are contradictory and they're both true. Yeah. I mean, I think that's when it, we see it, it, it like ends up being the most impactful is when you're like, these feel like polar opposites and yet they both feel accurate. I think yeah. that's what, one of the things I love about the show so much is I feel like it helps open doors for us in looking at our own lives, right? Like, like this, like thinking about like, right, you can be more than one thing and more than one thing could be true. And like, here are some examples of how that plays out in these characters, but all, you know, that applies to our lives. So yeah, I think the show just knows how to show human dynamics quite well. <laughs> well, so well, yes, yes. Well, should we start with Sam? Yeah, let's start with Sam. Um, so his restaurant is going well. Uh, it seems like like everything, he really seems to be finding success in that endeavor. Um, and then, it, you know, it's interesting, Sam, this is now the second time where we see him kind of engaged in a level of activism because he hears about, we kind of hear kind of in the background the discussions that are happening about this boat of refugees who are trying to get into the UK and they're, they call it a home secretary, I think is what they call what that right. woman's yeah, position was. Yeah. Um, is like very anti-refugee and, uh, and we see Sam kind of engage in some Twitter activism and like, I thought that this was interesting that it like it, this is very much Sam's character that we have seen now as a through line in each season. You know, season one, he mentions like he cares about environmentalism and activism. And then in season two, he like speaks out about Dubai Air and actually has impact, right? They, um, Centrinian oil move out of Nigeria. I think that's what it was called. And now this is his third foray into activism um and it doesn't go quite so well yeah it doesn't go as well this time and I and and I I just also want to mention I'm super curious and obviously we have listeners from all over the world here and I'd be curious um if anybody who is listening is British and is going through some of what is talked about in this episode because what came through for me as I was listening and watching Sam's experience and listening to the other folks in the restaurant were some conversations 
that I've had over the past year or two um, with people who are either British or um, because I've been spending more time in Ireland, Irish folks as well, um, who have talked about like the situation in the UK with um, asylum seekers, with people who are, you know, immigrants going into, um, into the UK. And so this felt, um, I don't feel like in any way uh, a person who understands all of the things that are the dynamics of that. Um, but I'd be curious if anyone's listening and feels like sharing with us, you know, either DMing us on Instagram or emailing us and letting us know, like, did this feel like a real situation for you? Um, my my sense is it is pretty, it's pretty based in what's happening in the UK right now when it comes to these things. So I just wanted to pause on that for a minute because I thought it was interesting that this was the issue that was addressed in the show. Right. I think I, I quickly Googled because number one, I am ashamed to admit I wasn't sure if that was the real name of the real home secretary or if it was like a made up character. It wasn't the real name. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't think so, but I'm like, I don't know. Like, yeah. you know, that's my ignorance. I don't know that much about like, other than like the prime minister, I don't ever know anyone it seems like in other politics anyway um and and I saw a couple things come up I mean almost the same thing the Britain is closed like mm -hmm. um that it was back in 2013 I think Teresa May said that mm -hmm. um so so I mean I think it's consistent I, I, I watching it I certainly was like well this feels like America <laughs> that's for yeah sure. yeah um, I mean it felt like it hit pretty close to home we've had many many um accounts over the years of this type of thing happening um, yeah yeah totally and I think it's so yeah it's just an interest it's it's timely yes definitely from we can we can relate to it as U.S. Americans and then also um yeah just thinking about um folks in the UK who might be watching this and what they're thinking about but yeah so Sam is having this reaction Sam is uh you know, I mean, it seems like at first he, he, I mean, it's interesting watching how, um, compelled like you, like you spoke to, it seems like he is compelled to, to use his voice and to use his power. And we see that as a, a through line in his character over time. Mm -hmm. Um, but, uh, and we see, you know, his, his, uh, lead chef see me suggesting like more controversial things to say, which he doesn't start off with. Right. I mean, he's, I mean, I guess he's saying something controversial, but he's starting off saying um, like just speaking to the problem, but then it gets a bit more heated. Mm -hmm. And, you know, he is accused of being a mediocre footballer and he says he'd rather be a mediocre footballer than a world-class bigot. You know, I mean, it starts to get, get into things. It gets heated. Mm -hmm. And specifically, he's told to shut up and dribble, yeah. which is so that's a direct I don't know if you remember when this happened, but Laura Ingram um, in the US said that about LeBron James. Oh, no, I didn't realize that. OK, yeah, that's exactly she said essentially the exact same thing that maybe athletes should stick to their sport and he should shut up and dribble. So that's oh. like oh exact thing that was said to LeBron James on Twitter about him speaking out. I honestly don't remember. I think it was about Black Lives Matter. It could have been about something other government related type thing. But yeah, that's a direct line. I didn't know that. Okay. Mm -hmm. 
Um, so, I mean, I recognize, I also really like LeBron James a lot. I feel very connected. He and I are the same age. Like <laughs> I was in Akron and got to meet him or not meet. I got to see him there. Um, I just, cool. you know, he's, he's also an, a phenomenal athlete and basketball player. He's a pro basketball player. If anyone doesn't know that. <laughs> just, <laughs> Thank um, you. Also, this is like a, just a side, very fun fact. Um, I was scrolling Instagram yesterday and the Lakers, which is who LeBron plays for right now, um, is, is in playoffs and they had images of the players walking, I think, in to the arena. You know, like we kind of saw it when um, Richmond was over at um, Nate's team, mm-hmm. West Ham United. West anyway, Ham, yeah, yeah. Um, LeBron walked in wearing a Ted Lasso. Hoodie. What? <laughs> That's cool. <laughs> it was pretty cool. I was like, my loves are combining. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I, I just that. am liking, I gotta say guys, like I'm like, it's extra making me geek out all of the like basketball connections that are happening this season with the, uh, total football being like a very, like it was inspired by Ted watching the bowls and now the LeBron connection. It's just, it's really making me happy. I was going to say they can't really do much more to to no. just delight you. <laughs> no, I'm on board. So, yeah. <laughs> anyway, this this line that that is said to Sam is something that was said to LeBron and and you know, I think like it's such a minimizing thing, isn't it, mm-hmm. to say that mm-hmm. essentially you you only do, do that thing. Do that thing we want you to do. Like Yeah be be our clown in the circus or you know whatever the thing is right. we don't want you as a whole person it's like it's really undermining and cruel to like minimize people in that way yes it's very belittling for sure mm-hmm. yeah yeah and then that i mean leads to uh sam's restaurant being vandalized right and that that him showing up as uh, as an activist in that situation leads to yeah horrible damage horrible uh vandalism at his restaurant like when it, yeah it's pretty it's pretty heartbreaking and i think accurate of what happens in many cases for folks yeah i i think like this is showing how you know sam keeps upping the ante of what he has to lose right and like I think that I well, part of the reason I like his storyline and them showing this and showing like the real like it doesn't always go great like Dubai Air mm-hmm. that worked great for him he got right. what he wanted and there were very few consequences but oftentimes when you speak out against power there mm-hmm. it doesn't always go perfectly you don't always get what you want there oftentimes are consequences to it and we see it with sam this also made me think about uh, last episode remember when colin was talking to trent about um he, he said basically i don't want to be a spokesperson mm-hmm. right it, it it made me think about like oh yeah like because there's consequences with becoming a sp- oh. spokesperson yeah uh, and I think Sam is kind of fully realizing that now that he has something larger to lose. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we see him show back up with the team for practice. I think it's practice and he's really angry. I mean, it's, it's, uh, 
I know we haven't talked a lot about anger yet, but I think at some point we should talk about that throughout the whole, you know, throughout this whole, uh, certainly this season, there's a lot that that is happening with anger, but we see Sam show up to practice and be in the locker room and really, really angry and sad. And like having had a really strong emotional reaction, understandably to his restaurant being vandalized. And at that time, so beautifully, we also see his dad show up. We know his dad's coming to visit, right? We know at the beginning of the episode that his dad's coming from Nigeria. And I was really worried that his dad wasn't going to make it in. I thought that was what was going to happen was like, maybe his dad wouldn't get, be able to come to visit, but we see his dad show up, which is really, that's such a beautiful moment, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, that's the maddest we've ever seen Sam. And yeah. he's cussing, which he doesn't yeah. cuss ever. Uh, and then to have this, you know, figure step in who is not cruel to him, but is kind of, like sees him in that and is a source of support. Like you see him kind of crumble like a little kid when he sees his dad. Yeah. I mean, we've talked in many uh, different episodes about how we see so many re- relationships, you know, different kinds of masculine relationships and how the show really looks at, it seems like there's a lot of looking at fathers and sons happening as well. And and so beautiful in this episode to see the kind of love and support really. I mean, we've heard Sam's dad on the phone a lot, but I, I just smiled throughout the whole basically second half of the episode when we would see Sam's dad and the ways that he showed up and how how loving and supportive he is for his son. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, you see how much like Ted, his dad is too, I think. like You see why Sam was so on board with him like they mm. immediately have some report like the way that his dad is like big whoop like, <laughs> yeah, like, I was like was Ted, Ted just said that the a couple episodes ago goes big whoop like he said that to some I think he said it to yeah. Beard and Roy and <laughs> so I was like oh it's so Ted like like I get why Sam is so you know immediately was on board with Ted because he is very similar mm. like a similar energy um the other, I just wanted to say one more thing about Sam and like this, the whole spiel he gives when he gets to the locker room. Um, I wrote it down because I did think it was really well done. And I, I mean, essentially what he's saying is like, they want me to be this one thing. That's mm-hmm. it. And they don't want to look at me as a whole person. And right, the, the whole theme of this episode is more than one thing could be true. And Ted, at different points in this episode, as they're integrating that new strategy, talks about how I mean one of the the four tenants is versatility and he like has this whole thing with Isaac where he's like you've been put in a box we don't want you to be in that box and of course it's like all said lightly and it's said about different positions on the pitch and most of that is played for jokes and humor but like this idea of getting put in this box and not getting to explore other parts is like an interesting thing to see like at different points in this episode played out. I just thought that that was, you know, it was really well done because you're seeing it in a light way. And then in this case, you're seeing it in a really heavy way weighing on Sam. Yeah. 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 That's a, that's a great observation. And is there anything else you wanted to say about Sam when it comes to the more than one thing can be true? Um, I think Sam is learning how to navigate being an athlete and an activist simultaneously. 
Yeah. And I would agreed. And I would add also that in the more than one thing can be true, we see this like really sad moment where his restaurant is vandalized and the pain that that causes. And we also see like, he's able to be supported. Like he's able to receive support from his father and ultimately from the team as well. Like the end of this episode is a really supportive moment um, or, you know, series of moments where it seems like Sam is more supported than ever. Right. So more than one thing can be true, not only in like the really awful things that can happen in our lives, but also like we can also have love and like support around us as well. So I think that's both of those things are important to see in this episode. Mm -hmm. As Ted often says, there's something worse than being sad. It's being sad and alone and they aren't alone. Yeah. 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 All right. Should we talk about Keely next? Sure. So Keely's business is going well, it seems, <laughs> given that Babs is like, oh, actually, I don't have anything bad to say as right. she walks in. Um, and personally, it seems like things are going well with Jack. Like we're seeing Keely get a lot of expensive gifts. They seem to be hanging out together a lot. We finally get to see Rebecca and Keely kind of debrief about Jack, which we haven't really gotten to see yet. Um, mm-hmm. I feel I feel like I'm missing seeing the two of them together. In this, I know season. it's nice to see them. Yeah, it's nice. It was nice to see them together. Agreed. And as Keely's describing her kind of the relationship, Rebecca pretty quickly is like, "Oh, she's love bombing you." Mm-hmm. Uh, and compares it to her experience with Rupert. Um, I thought that that was interesting how quick, like it, it, it was a little pricklier than I thought, than Rebecca has been thus far with Keely. I thought that that was interesting. Yeah, it seems like her guard was up for sure. And presumably, though, we don't see everything that's happening in their lives. I mean, hopefully Rebecca has been doing a lot of introspection and looking at what didn't go well in her relationship, you know, in her marriage and is reflecting on that. I mean, I'm assuming she didn't know what love bombing was when she was with Rupert to begin with. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I felt like it was really relatable that like a person who's sort of processing and unraveling what happened and what went wrong in their relationship, um, especially with someone who seems so manipulative, like Rupert would, would pretty quickly be defensive of one of her best friends who might be going through something like to me. It, yeah, it seemed prickly, but it also seemed super like a mm-hmm. tracking with it based on what Rebecca's experiences and how she might be um, feeling those things. I mean, there's something coming up that she's feeling that so strongly for Mm -hmm. Keely. And it seems like whether she's right or not, I don't know, but yeah, well, it does seem like Keely kind of, so I I think especially at that dinner scene, Keely, Keely was kind of like, and then when Jack had called and paid, um, there was like, there was a moment where her face read, like she wasn't as excited as I think, like maybe Jack had hoped she would be, or even as excited as Rebecca was about it. It was <laughs> yeah. sort of like a, Oh, like, um, there's a really funny episode of the show, how I met your mother, where they talk about you, like, don't notice specific annoying things about people in your lives. And then all of a sudden, like someone points it out to you and it's like glass shattering. And all of a sudden it's all you can focus on. I kind of feel like that's what happened 
with Rebecca saying love bombing to Keely, where all of a sudden Keely was like, oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> that, maybe that yeah. is happening. She took her seriously. She did take her seriously. I mean, which is, that's cool to see in a friendship that she, she listened and is paying attention. And it'll be, I mean, do you think Jack's love bombing Keely? I think Jack is coming on too strong. Yeah. I mean, I like, I, I, I don't know if I personally would define this as love bomb bombing, but it's definitely coming on too strong. Like, I'm like, you need to back up. Like, I mean, I kind of have that feeling when they she whisked her off to watch the Northern Lights that the last episode. I was like, I don't, I didn't like it. I like there was something about it, and I was blaming Keely more for it than Jack. But it's, I I'm very wary of too much too quickly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Yeah. For anyone who's listening, who hasn't thought much about love bombing before, I did pull up a definition um, that just says that love bombing is a tactic in which someone bombs, quote unquote, bombs you with extreme displays of affection and attention with the intent to manipulate you. Just as a simple definition for anyone who's like trying to figure out what that is. Um, Yeah. I can't tell yet. I mean, I agree. I agree. I mean, the like, the daisies all over her office. I was like, that's a lot. Like it, it kind of shifted even for me during the episode. Like at first when, when Jack, w- well, I'm just not sure what I think of Jack full stop. I'm not sure what I think of Keely, what's happening for Keely in this whole ep- season so far, quite honestly, I'm just like not super enjoying it. Um, which maybe we can talk about some other time, but like when Jack went out to like tell the whole office, we're seeing one another on one level. I was like, well, that's cool way to be transparent. But on another level, I was like, whoa, (laughs) like just date a little bit longer. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I mean, I don't know. I mean, people also do get serious pretty quickly. And it seems like, you know, if if Jack is not like doesn't have some bad intent. I mean, in that moment, she says, I'm not crazy. Are you crazy to Keely? Right. Like there's like Mm -hmm. a moment of that there. Oh, we don't know yet. I feel protective of Keely. Well, I didn't like that Jack didn't say, are you serious? Like, Keely was kind of like, well, I don't know how serious you are about this, right? Like, she was voicing some level of apprehension. Mm -hmm. And this is where, like, I'm like, ooh, she's getting steamrolled a little bit. Because then Jack does this big proclamation to the office. But she didn't, like, be like, okay, well, like, let's talk about what what are we and what is this? And you did just get out of a relationship and none of that. There's no discussion. And I don't like that. I just I think it's too much too quickly. And I just it, it definitely makes me wary. I'm with Babs on this one. I'm with Barbara. She looked skeptical and yep. war- wary as well and i am like yeah i'm i'm with you like yeah and i think like if we're thinking in terms of more than one thing could be true like i think that keely is having a wonderful time right like yeah. these things are wonderful but like it also can be a, a little bit too much yes and yes. um i'm also i kind of i was trying to figure out what barbara like she seems like a little more aware of something going on. And I'm like, is this just what Jack does? Like, has Barbara seen this a dozen times before? Um, Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, at the, at the very end, we, we see 
you know, Keely being like, don't, I need to do mm-hmm. things for you too. And Jack admitting that she's coming on pretty strong. So, you know, that, that it'll be, I'm curious to see what happens next because I was like, okay, well, there's a self-awareness, there's an acknowledgement um, mm-hmm. that could be a good sign or it could be someone who's really manipulative. Who knows? Yep. More than one thing <laughs> to be true. <laughs> I guess we'll see. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> Well, should we talk about Nate in a good way for once? Oh my God, I don't <laughs> hate Nate this episode. Uh, yeah, I mean, we see cute scenes, and I yeah, I felt I feel soft softened about Nate too. Cute scenes of Nate peeking in the windows of what is it, a taste of Athens to mm-hmm. to look for Jade. We also learned. Have we ever learned before that Nate has a sister? I you didn't know feel- he had a niece. Because he yeah. said he made those boxes with a niece, but I don't know if he mentioned a sister. I like that he has a sister. I feel like that's Me good. Too. Me too. I like that we're getting to meet other people's family yeah. members. <laughs> yeah. So we learned that he has a sister and, you know, his sister is, I mean, that's the nicest his family dynamics have ever seen seemed mm-hmm. to me. Yeah, his dad was surprisingly not an asshole. Like the only thing was he it sort of felt like he maybe was making a jab when he's like, I'll let them have their girl talk. But even that, yeah. <laughs> even that was like like the only reason I read that as like a little bit snarky was because of what a dick his dad has been in every other episode so I'm like well of course he's being a dick again but if I had only seen that I wouldn't I would have just been like haha he's being cute yeah yeah no I mean I feel a little bit sensitive to Nate and just how many how like you said how Nate's been treated over in different moments so I felt a little like hey that's not a very nice thing to say but agreed I don't know if I would have if I didn't have the backstory I might just be like oh okay he's giving his son some space to talk with his mom and his sister you know that's cool Mm -hmm. And have a very sweet conversation. Like he opens up and is vulnerable and has this whole talk with them about how to, how to tell if a girl likes you. And I, I found it very charming and vulnerable, which we haven't seen a lot of vulnerability with Nate this season at all, or it, especially not last season. Um, and I thought his mom and sister gave him really excellent advice, which was you don't know. You can't tell if somebody's just being nice or they want you to ask them out. A lot of times you just have to ask and forget. I don't know if I wrote down what his sister said, but she basically said something like, you know, you can ask and um, it could be bad. You could be embarrassed or you could ask and it'll be great and you'll live happily ever after. So like it's chance. Yeah. 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 I mean, and speaking of things, I mean, he asked that question a couple of times, uh, you know, what does he mm-hmm. ask it of Siri? Right. Yeah. And it was, but like speaking of more than one thing can be true. It's like, yeah, someone could like you, they could be being nice to you. It could be both could be, right. could be one or the other. Like there's just a lot of ways that could go. So anyone listening to this, like that, the, the advice that his mom and sister gave him is excellent advice. Just right ask just ask and you'll be okay if the answer is no yep you'll survive you'll be embarrassed for a minute and then you can get over it yeah yeah Mm -hmm. so we have the moment where he does not spit he goes to the restaurant he 
seems like he's trying to psych himself up to say something to Jade. And then he excuses himself to go to the bathroom. Yeah. And I, so this is the same bathroom where he started the spitting. And I, I, it was a real full circle moment for Nick or Nick, that Nick Muhammad is the name of the actor for Nate. Oh. <laughs> but, um, it was a real full circle moment for him. It was, I think uh, the first time that I, I was trying to think about like, okay, so Nate's journey, what has this been? He like, he just was so angry for so long, that whole second season, right? He was so angry at Ted. He was angry at everything. And now he's in a position of power and somehow has found a way to like navigate. Maybe it's, he's developed some confidence because he is getting a lot of praise from external validation type, you know, situation. Maybe it's, he's had some time to reflect on the lessons he learned under Ted. It's probably more than one thing. Yep. And, yep. and it seems to have found this balance of being confident in himself, but also having some level of humility. And I think like that's where he just wasn't able to navigate those two things simultaneously in the past. And he finally finds it. And like, he kind of smiles at himself instead of spitting. It's like, he doesn't hate himself now. And then he knows what he has to do. Yeah. And I just want to add there for me, it also felt like self-respect, which is interesting because he's still doing some things that are kind of weird, but, but this, like, you know, the, the spitting towards himself to me felt pretty self-loathing in mm -hmm. the way that it came across. And so it almost felt to me like some self-respect or, you know, like you were saying all those, all those things and, self-respect landing being able to look at himself in the mirror to smile at himself and to make a different choice you know and that 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 was evident it felt symbolic yeah mm -hmm. and I I love how the decorative boxes all come back we saw this in the first season with him we saw it um in the past he, um, based on the inspiration from the map that his dad had created, he, you know, constructs this beautiful box to ask her out. And then in like true rom-com fashion falls and it gets destroyed. Oh. And I think like old Nate would have run away, right? Yeah. Season one Nate would not have been able to handle that. And instead he like, it like almost gave him more confidence. Like, no, I am not going to be stopped. And he marches yeah. right up to her. Yeah. I mean, season one, Nate wouldn't have been able to handle no. it. Season two, Nate also wouldn't have been able to handle it because he would have freaked out in a different way, right? Like he mm -hmm. would have not been able to laugh at himself. He wouldn't have been able to, uh, to bounce back. Right. Yeah. I think, you know, I, I think we could talk about this in another episode because I imagine these themes will come up, but I think like, examining how anger impacts us has been this like undercurrent theme throughout this show like we see it in Roy we see it at different points with different characters I think we certainly see it with Nate we see Ted repressing his anger um and in this episode Sam's dad says anger will only weaken you right if you want to piss people off you have to forgive them and then he says don't fight back fight forward and I think like this idea of anger will only weaken you. I think one of the things that Nate had released is some level of that anger, right? He can laugh at himself. He can have lightness and like that makes him a more appealing person. Like Jade would not have gone out with him when he was being an asshole and he was angry, 
But now that he can laugh at himself and has humility and like has some like charming quirks, but also has some confidence, um, he's much more appealing as a person. I like him more. I like him more too. And apparently Jay does too, because she said yes. And she did not stand him up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So with Nate or seeing, um, you know, you can be confident and you can also have some humility. You can, mm-hmm. you can have both. You can you can ask someone out and you can fall on your face right before it. Yep. And they can still say yes. And they can still say yes. <laughs> you can fall on your face and have a win all at the same moment. Yeah. Yeah. More yeah. than one thing can be true. Yeah. All right. Well, should we move on to Jamie? Yes. I think he's our last one. Just speaking of somebody else who's become increasingly endearing. I know. I never would have believed anyone if they told me in season one of this show that Jamie would become my favorite character. You know, he's, he's a real, slowly. he's getting real sweet. He's getting real sweet. Yeah. I mean, and we, we kind of see like the last few episodes, he's been putting in extra time with Roy. He's putting in extra effort, um, which I thought it, it was a nice touch that they showed him at the front of the pack when the team were, were running and they're right. practice. He was, he didn't, they didn't show him vomiting first. Mm-hmm. No. And can we just celebrate? Like we've talked in the past couple episodes, a cu- couple episodes about like Jamie being willing to accept Roy's mentorship. Mm-hmm. And once again, we see like an example of even though Roy's tactics are very different than like Sam's dad or Ted, mm-hmm. like, they, they present in different ways, but it really does seem to be having a positive impact on Jamie. Like it seems to be really shifting and, you know, that may not be the only thing, but it is something we know. It's a variable that has changed that Jamie was willing to accept help and Roy is mentoring him and training him. And Jamie just like, seems like he just needed some love. Yeah. Well, we know he did, right? He has a horrible father who has led with anger and hostility. And now, you know, Roy has so much anger, but it's different. It's like the anger comes in a different way. And it's not typically directed at other people in a malicious way, it seems like. Um, And I mean, Roy has changed also. I think it maybe was directed in a malicious way towards Jamie in the past. Jamie, yeah. Jamie (laughs) deserved it. (laughs) Yeah, they they really have become one of my favorite duos on the show. Um, And I think, you know, we're seeing all of these personality changes in Jamie that I, I was trying to decide if I thought that the coaching staff was noticing it. I think Roy is noticing it because he's mentoring him. I couldn't figure out if Ted and Beard were fully noticing it, I, especially the scene where the the team is all getting those cards that have two names, you know, it has their name and then who they're supposed to swap places with. And Jamie's, it doesn't have anyone to swap with. And they're like, no, you just keep doing you. And I could see I, I could see both sides one thing can be true where I'm like, okay, well, part of it could just be that they're like, no, he's doing great. Like what he's doing, we need him to do. That's the best thing he can do for the team. And if I'm Jamie, I could think, okay, that could be one, one explanation. And the other explanation could be them being like, Jamie's not going to switch with anyone anyway. So we might as well not even try. Right. Like one, yeah. either of those things could be true. Maybe both of them are a little bit true. Yeah. Yeah. But he seems like 
concerned about it. Yeah. Like, hey, you didn't, you didn't swap me, which does feel like um, a, a newer part of him is coming through there in, mm-hmm. in even caring about that in a different way that, that leads to even more ultimate good for the team. Yeah. Yeah. I think in the past he would have been, he would have fully refused to want to switch with anyone. And I think like the fact that it was noteworthy to him and enough for him to ask makes like show some of that development. And I think we even, you know, throughout this season, there have been little times where he's tried to step up and Mm -hmm. be a leader for the team. And like sometimes with some level of success and we really see it at halftime of the game against Arsenal where he like, he's like, I have something to say, but I'm going to sound like a prick, right? Like he has self-awareness, which Jamie Tart historically has not had a whole lot of self-awareness. Just very refreshing. Yeah. (laughs) To be able to know, right? Like Mm -hmm. I know, I know what the right thing is, but I also know how this potentially could be received. Loved the callback of getting flipped off that meant he could act like a prick. Exactly. I mean, and again, it just shows the solidarity of the team, right? Like they all know, they all know that now and can just respond like in a way that is Maybe maybe not cur- what current Jamie needs, but certainly what past Jamie needed to be able to say something. Yeah, and and so he, I mean, and I think it totally makes sense too. Like they had that whole thing at the start of the episode showing the progression of total football and the, the fact that Jamie played on a team that actually uses a strategy, it totally makes sense that he would understand a little bit more about how to implement it and mm-hmm. also how he could be best used. Um, and so he goes up to the board and he's showing everyone how to use it more effectively. And essentially it's bringing him back from the front and putting him in the center of the field and kind of um, helping to navigate the ball that way. And there's a really beautiful moment where he's starting to do it and he kind of has his back turned and he's moving the pieces around and he, he looks and the, everyone is like, fully listening to him right they're looking they've gathered around they're engaged and you can see like there's a split second where he's kind of like oh oh they're there like they're with me like I've got them and I thought like yeah he's still he's still like trying to figure out like who he is as a leader I think right like he's still sort of like I kind of I want to step up and be a leader but then is a little bit surprised when people follow (laughs) yeah yeah, it just makes me teary-eyed, though. I mean, this is a, like seeing his evolution, and Nate's too, I guess, like both of their evolution. But, you know, what we see at the end is that the team, yeah, the team doesn't win, but they successfully follow through on what he suggested, and, and it scores them a goal, right? Mm-hmm. And they feel like there's a feeling of real hope um, at the end of this episode, as we as we leave the pitch and we see that they've still lost, but maybe they're on to something. Yeah, something has shifted. And I think it's I mean, Trent Krim yeah. points out <laughs> enthusiastically. You know, yeah, that like what Ted has Ted has has set the stage and it's taken this is the third year for in order to get to the point where they can play this level of football in the way that they they just now were successful. 
they needed all of the groundwork that Ted did in seasons one and two to like establish the trust and the respect for one another. Because when you're running a system like that, you ha- there has to be so much trust involved like with your teammates, because as you move, you have to trust that they're going to fill in the spot that you've left behind. Um, and so, I, yeah, I think that certainly it feels like something has shifted. It does. And so with Jamie, more than one thing can be true. You can be a total jerk <laughs> and you can also create, uh, you know, and you can create change in yourself. Yeah. I mean, I also think with Jamie, it's that for him, and we saw this when Roy talked to him about it, like he can be a team player and also be like a prick, right? Mm-hmm. Like <laughs> that those things coincide. They they don't have to be mutually exclusive. And so he, he is more than one thing. Yes. Oh, so good. Did you have a favorite headism from this episode? Um, I didn't have like a favorite line, um, that I wrote down anyway. I will say Roy giggling about the strings tied to their penises was <laughs> that great. entire scene made me like die laughing. That was pretty good. But also just like I I really encourage if anyone is watching along, like if you didn't catch it the first time as strongly, like at the very least watch Roy's face through <laughs> that whole like especially the scene where like it like comes off of Jamie's and <laughs> It's like everyone else is horrified and Roy has this like level of delight. <laughs> I agree. I agree. <laughs> it's a great, it's such a great one. Well, I'm also going to call back to the, to that ending scene where Trent Krim is so excitedly um, enthusiastic about what's happening. And one of my, one of my favorite lines after that is after he walks away and Roy says, what a fucking dork. And Ted says, yeah, but he's our dork. <laughs> yeah. That is sweet. I like it. Yeah. All right. Well, yeah, we'll see what happens next. Thanks so much for listening to the PS Let's Talk Love podcast. We want to send out a special thank you to Medium Build for our show music. And if you enjoy this podcast, follow us anywhere you listen to podcasts. And if you want to support us, it's super helpful if you could give us a five-star rating and leave us a review sharing what you're loving right now. Really, we want to know. And if you don't like it and you got this far, don't worry. You do not have to listen to us again. You can just you can just forget this podcast exists and move along. You can catch up with us on Instagram at ps.welovelove or follow us on TikTok at psconsulting. If you're interested in private coaching or learning more about our online classes, go to pscurators.com to learn more and find free resources to support you. See you next time.